Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 67 of the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum and I'm your host. And today we're going to get a chance to talk to not one, but two amazing guests. We're going to be talking with Emily Richards and Olivia Stanton. Both of them work for an organization called Show Hope, which was founded by Emily's father, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and her mother, Mary Beth Chapman. Uh, You probably know Stephen Curtis Chapman from his uh, many, many uh, albums, uh, Christian albums that he's put out over the years. Mary Beth, his wife, is also a best-selling author and speaker, and so they founded Show Hope, uh, which is an organization that their mission is to care for orphans by engaging the church and reducing the barriers to adoption. Now, you're probably asking the question, why are we talking about adoption on the student ministry podcast? What does that have to do with how we run our student ministries and how does that, how does that connect? And there's actually some really cool connections. Uh, not only do we have, like I said, Emily, who is uh, the, the executive director of Show Hope, but Olivia, who's going to be on as well, is is the coordinator of student initiatives. And so they actually have a lot around student ministry and how to connect uh, this, this concept of knocking down the barriers to, to adoption and how that actually connects with teenagers and getting them excited about uh, adoption and, and what their families can do. And there's some actually some really cool things that you can do in your in your student ministry um, and, and partnership with them. And, and spoiler alert, they're all free. So it's really cool. Um, so make sure you're you're listening in. Uh, make sure you're sharing this with others. Um, speaking of which, thank you so much for the the shares that you've already put out there um, to other youth workers who you have you know mentioned this podcast to. Um, thank you so much for that. Keep doing that. Um, God has done some amazing things through the people that we get to talk to, and more people need to hear their stories. So keep sharing it out there. Uh, if you don't mind, leave a positive review on the uh, the podcast app of your choice, the service of your choice. That also helps us a ton. Uh, but before we jump into this conversation, I want to thank our sponsors for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Our first sponsor, G-Shades, is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everybody. With three plans to choose from, this curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you want to do better. Do you just need message outlines, discussion guides, and games? Just $16 a month. Looking for a higher production value that includes bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides? That's $25 a month. Or do you want an affordable youth ministry video curriculum that will help you increase your online reach during the pandemic? G-Shades has you covered for only $36 a month. You won't find youth ministry video curriculum at that price anywhere else. G-Shades really does offer something different than most of the other curriculums out there by offering this huge focus on the gospel and how to see life through the gospel. Mike Haynes is the founder of G-Shades, and you can hear more from him on episodes 32 and 55 of the Student Ministry Podcast. So head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G to download season two of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum and use the promo code UNITED at the checkout to get an extra $5 off. That's U-N-I-T-E-D at the checkout to get an extra $5 off of your order. 
G-Shades, Seeing Life Through the Lens of the Gospel. Also sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast is an app called MenHub Youth, made by a student pastor to help people like you and me. MenHub Youth helps you store and track your student, staff, and parent information, as well as attendance for your events. There are tons of features, but today I want to talk to you about student accounts. If you need help running fundraisers that help your students go to camps and other events, you might hold on to that money until the event happens. But you can actually add, subtract, and transfer funds for every student and know exactly how much each has in their account at a glance. You can even do mass imports by preparing a CSV with all the data and update all of the accounts at once. The app is only $5 on the iOS and Android app store, and you can use it forever on that one device without ever paying any more. But if you want to sync your database across multiple devices or with other leaders, you can sign up for the MinHub Sync service and support the Student Ministry Podcast by visiting minhubsync.com SMP for Student Ministry Podcast. That's M-I-N. H-U-B-S-Y-N-C dot com slash S-M-P. Thanks to both G-Shades and MinHub for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And you can find links to both of them in the podcast show notes. And now it's time to jump into this conversation with Emily Richards and Olivia Stanton of Show Hope. Hi, everybody. Again, uh, as I said earlier, we are going to be talking to Emily Richards and Olivia Stanton today of uh, Show Hope. And uh, thank you so much, Olivia and Emily, for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. We're excited to be with you. Yeah, it's going to be great. So uh, I just would just love to start out today talking about your stories um, before we get into what this ministry looks like and, and all the different ways that uh, us as youth workers can partner there and, and get our students on and involved in everything. But I'd love for our listeners just to be able to hear you know, what has God done in your life to kind of bring you to the point where, where you are today. Um, Emily, if you don't mind, uh, you can start us off. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again. It's an honor to be with you and share a little bit of time together. Um, so I grew up, I'm the daughter of Stephen Curtis Chapman and Mary Beth Chapman. And so um, for those of you who may be familiar with my dad's name, um, Christian recording artist, so grew up around uh, ministry and very much so uh, from early age, my parents kind of framed my dad's work as ministry through music, and we knew when dad was traveling or had to be away or on the road that it was um, for ministry. And so from an early age, had a desire um, to be engaged in service and um, always around church have incredibly fond memories of youth group. Um, I was kind of a youth group junkie, grew up, loved it. Um, those were my best, some of my best friends still in touch with youth group friends today. Um, but anyways, I had the opportunity in uh, fifth grade through my youth group at the time to go on my first um, overseas missions trip. And my mom and I went to Haiti with a group um, through Compassion International. And it was really on that trip, having for the first time, like seen with my own eyes, just the devastation of um, so much poverty. And I was young, I was 11 years old. And so um, kind of trying to conceptualize on that trip, what life would be like if I didn't have so many of the things I took was beginning to realize I was taking for granted home, shelter, 
food, education, school, place to go every day that was safe to learn in, um, all these things that I didn't even realize were such gifts. You know, at 11, you like dread going to school. It didn't realize <laughs> it was a gift, you know? Right. And so um, I came home from that trip convinced that God was calling our family to become missionaries and move overseas. My parents like, well, a lot of dad's ministry and work is here in the state. So maybe not, maybe not missions. Maybe that's for you someday. Um, but on the trip when we were in Haiti, there was a family who had been really integral in the work of show hope. Um, they were uh, mother, daughter were on the trip with us and they were in the process of adopting themselves. And, uh, so was another family that was in my parents' small group at the time through church. And so adoption, foster care, advocacy through foster care and adoption was something I was exposed to at a young age and um, began realizing if we weren't going to move overseas, perhaps there was a child um, living overseas that needed a family through adoption that we could bring into our family. So began advocating at a young age that my parents would consider adoption. They thought I was crazy. <laughs> and um, I wrote them letters and would leave them on their pillow at night. And it, it's, it feels humorous to look back on and kind of reflect. And yet um, I, I know now that God was definitely stirring in my heart and praise the Lord for children, right? And just a bit of naivete and just mm -hmm. blind faith of like, I don't know, something stirring in my heart. And I was praying and praying. My parents were convinced. Um, they, they, they did such a good job at fanning the flame, but really convinced this, that adoption was not part of our family story. <laughs> and so um, trying to be kind and redirecting my passions. Um, but they, they gave me space to continue to pray and dream and God um, moved in a miraculous way in my parents' heart. And in 2000, so about three, four years. Yeah. Th about three and a half years after we came home from Haiti, we welcomed Shoei into our family. I have two biological brothers and then Shoei came home from China through intercountry adoption. And then uh, we went back in 2003 and brought home Stevie Joy. And then again in 2004 and brought home Maria. So that's really where my, just God showed up in a massive way in my life and really captured my heart and imagination and passion for advocating for vulnerable children went on to study international studies and religion in college, got a job with Show Hope right out of college, and then went back to school, did my master's in theology centered around supporting families, welcoming home children through adoption with complex intellectual and physical disabilities, and just have always remained passionate. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I, yeah, I knew um, about your family and you know, playing a big role in adoption and everything, but I, I had no idea it was you being the one leading the charge as starting out as an 11 year old. That's, that's so awesome. I think for, for, especially for those of us that are, they're youth workers that believe in students that they can actually make a big difference. And you're, you know, example A of, of, uh, of God using, you know, a young child to really make that, that huge difference. Yeah. Um, I have to ask just because, you know, Stephen Chris Chapman is your dad, yes. like what, what are, what's maybe just one cool story, short story of like growing up with Stephen Chris Chapman as your dad. Growing up with Stephen Chris Chapman as my dad. Oh, well, one of my favorite things was always, um, it didn't happen often because the Star Spangled Banner is the absolute hardest song to sing. Like mm -hmm. it, literally like from a, I don't know, I, I'm not the music. I appreciate good music, but the musicality and that gene kind of skipped me, but from tone and the way that, yeah, whatever, the way the modulation works in the song, it's, um, it's challenging. But dad, from time to time, we get asked um, growing up to sing at like a sports, you know, game or whatever. And we get tickets and get to go. But some of my fondest memories are 
getting ready and you could hear him off in the distance practicing like in the shower whenever he was getting ready and it was always like trying to hit the high notes and I'm like oh no what if he doesn't make it when he has to really sing it because you know he's warming up and of course sure. he always did it flawless as he as he does and um but I can remember warming up like being anxious hearing him get his vocal cords <laughs> stretched out like I hope he can hit land yeah. <laughs> so um that's just a one little funny one another one he during great adventure there's like tons of, you know, marketing and promotion that was being done around it. And so there were these like massive giant cardboard cutouts of, of him. And he, they brought one home. They had like an extra from some Christian bookstore event and he put it in the house. And I came down the stairs one day, like half asleep before school and it scared the ever living daylights out of me. So that became a family joke for a while, the nice. cardboard cutouts. So anyways, yeah, those are a couple fun little stories. That's awesome. Let's hear the little behind the scenes that, you know, most of the rest of us don't know about. <laughs> That's really, really cool. So Olivia, tell us a little about your story and you know, how God brought you to, to where you are today. Yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about this. I um, also am from Colorado. Um, and so I was born and raised in Colorado Springs. And I mean, really one of my earliest memories in general was um, my uncle and aunt adopted a little boy from Mexico when I was about five. Um, and that was really my first like exposure to adoption. It's really the first I'd ever heard of it. And I think just ever since then, like it's just for me, it's been like, that's what I'm going to do one day. Like that's obviously just like something that I will do. And so um that's just kind of always was always in the back of my head. And then fast forward, um, when I was in college, I was connected um, with a family. Uh, the dad was actually working with Emily's dad at the time. Um, and I was, I had kind of been chatting with them about maybe coming out and staying with them and doing an internship somewhere in the Nashville area. And they told me about Show Hope and they told me, you know, they have a student initiatives program, which was at the time, it was called the Red Bus Project. It was this big double-decker bus imported from England that would travel around to college campuses. It had been gutted and there was a thrift store inside. And so obviously it's big eye catcher. And so college students would come up to the bus and they could shop. And then they'd also learn about how to care for orphans as students. So it was um, just, yeah, like a really cool thing um, that especially um, kind of in the South um, Eastern region. Um, people it, was kind hard. Of, it was hard to get the bus to go much yeah. further than about yeah. market fall. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, yeah. The, the upkeep expenses got a little like, well, yeah. we, we had like our pretty much our tour route. We go to yeah. these five uh, states. Yeah. <laughs> And as the importing it from England, it, you don't really have an abundance of other buses you can pull from for parts and stuff, I'm sure, too. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it was so, I mean, people who knew about it were like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, the bus came to my campus, and um, I got to learn about Show Hope. And so um, I was, yeah, a Red Bus Project intern for a summer. Um, and then I went back and graduated college um, I'd fallen in love with Show Hope, fallen in love with the Nashville area, um, and I worked at a couple universities in Colorado, um, started working on my master's in student affairs and higher education, 
just because when I was um, in college, I was a student employee and just like absolutely loved it, loved working with college students, loved like resourcing them and just being part of that kind of energy. So um, one day I noticed that Showhope had an opening for a student initiatives coordinator position. And I just applied, not, you know, not knowing what could happen, not really thinking that, you know, I could, you know, move to Nashville, but that's what I ended up doing. And so um, it's just been really cool to not only be a part of this incredible work, but just to see like God's faithfulness in my life to, to bring me back to somewhere where I kind of dreamed of being, you know, a full-time staff member one day, but also like, it's, it's been so amazing, like to have the opportunity for my passion for students and my passion for adoption um, and caring for kids who need families to kind of have those passions blended. So um, yeah, so I've been here for about two and a half years now. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, I'm loving it, so. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I love when God just brings the passions together. That's really, really cool. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this ministry. Uh, see, like, I know some people may be familiar with what show hope is already. Um, but, uh, I'm sure there, we do have listeners that are completely clueless. Um, so kind of walk us through with the, the basics of, of who show hope is and, and what they do and, and their areas of adoption and, and all the other areas of ministry that they're able to touch. Yeah, definitely. So Show Hope, uh, out of the experience of welcoming my sister's home through adoption, my parents pretty quickly uh, realized there were a handful of friends, just even in their immediate circle, that had expressed willingness, room in their heart and home to welcome a child that is in need of a family through adoption into their home, um, but didn't have the finances to uh, complete the adoption process. The adoption process can range between kind of an average twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars. It's an expensive process domestically or um, intercountry adoption. And so, my parents early on were like, "There's no way money should be what stands in the way between children that need homes and um, families that are." Uh, willing and qualified and ready to welcome a child home through adoption. And so what began really began as a personal kind of passion and work of just helping families in their immediate circle um, afford the adoption process. Uh, my dad kind of makes it, he will make a comment in concerts. Turns out when you start giving money away, normally a line starts to form and realize that the line was getting long quickly. Um, and that was a good thing. There were a lot of families that were willing to step up, right? Um, and respond to uh, the biblical mandate, James 127, pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows in their distress. And so what does that mean as the body of Christ? How do we respond? And so Show Hope really began out of that um, desire to help meet that need in 2003. So Showy came home in 2000. In 2003, Show Hope um, was founded and incorporated as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our mission is to care for orphans by engaging the church and reducing barriers to adoption. And so we kind of focus on three main barriers to adoption that we hope to be reducing in our work. The main one being the financial barrier. So that was our key, kind of our key program, um, key work that we do is reduce the financial barrier through our adoption aid grants. The second barrier we reduce through our work is the medical barrier. 
So for the last um, little more than a decade, we've been involved with supporting a net root network of therapeutic care centers in central China that cared for children with complex medical and special needs. Um, we've transitioned out of that work over the last um, couple years and now have recently launched a brand new program, Medical Care Grants. So um, we do adoption A grants to help families uh, go, you know, be able to fund the adoption process. Medical care grants are a post final adoption finalization grants for families that have children that have been adopted that are facing um, rising health care costs and helping um, reduce that, that uh, those finances needed to address some medical needs. Um, so we're really excited about our continued work in addressing the medical barrier. And then the knowledge barrier, so many of our kiddos that come home through adoption have unique needs um, and have been impacted by adverse childhood experiences and complex trauma. And so uh, our pre and post adoption support work, we host an annual conference. Uh, we train professionals every year in um, caregiving and intervention models to help um, you know, really promote attachment and connection with children that have experienced early trauma. And our student initiatives program um, also is really reducing that knowledge barrier, inspiring students and helping give educational resources and tools and devotional material to high school and college students through what we now call the pause campaign, which I would love for Liv to share a little bit more about that in a minute. But um, we, uh, we do we, we, we really believe in reducing that knowledge barrier, just raising awareness with students because we believe that um, no one can change the world like a passionate and um, educated student, right? Like don't stand in the way, it's, mm -hmm. you better just watch out. Mm -hmm. um, and we have always held space in our organization for student initiatives and always will because we really are in large part here because God chose to um, work through a student and nothing that I did, but that God was like, Hey, uh, so you have absolute faith that I can do what I say I'm going to do. And like, let's watch and see where this goes. And so we just love, we love our student work. It's incredible to see the way that, um, students have engaged with our work and gone on to, uh, we have one graduating from med school. I think she's in her final year of rotation. She was on our first ever missions trip. We took to China way back in 2008. And it was that trip that changed, just captured her imagination for caring for children and families and wanted to become a doctor from that trip to mm -hmm. offer care. We have someone who's in a graduate program in child psychology um, and developmental research because the red bus rolled onto her campus. Um, we have students that have gone on to be married and begin building their family and have applied for adoption aid grants because the Red Bus Project, <laughs> Red Bus showed up on their campus. So we just love to see where the ripple effects go um, with student initiatives. That's really cool. That's so cool. I love how you guys like, I mean, cause it's a financial barrier. Like you said, it, it's huge. Um, my wife and I have talked about adoption at different times. And that was, that's always one of the questions is how we can afford this. Um, and so that's huge, but, but it's so much more than that. Cause you guys have thought ahead and like, it's not just about affording it. It's about coming alongside that family and medical resources and other things that can really help that family thrive as an adoption family, um, which is huge, but but yeah, also initiating with students is so cool too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really my parents' heart from the beginning is um, we don't want just we don't want to just champion adoption. We want to champion adoption done well, and that is really journeying with a family and going deeper, deeper, deeper. And so, how do we capture the imagination of their student, you know, their high school youth group, college age kids that are in their family that um, 
to, to get on board and get excited about caring for children living outside of parental care? How do we um, not just champion families across the finish line and very much so, I mean, that was, that is the foundational heartbeat of Show Hope, reduce that financial barrier that just like you and your wife, like we don't want that to be what, there's so many, so many families consider adoption every year, but so many, so few actually move forward the process for that very reason. Finances is often cited as one of the top reasons why families just don't move forward. And, um, and so we, you know, we really do hope to journey well and go deep with families and kind of be alongside them for the long haul on the journey. Nice, nice. And I love what you guys are doing around students. Um, I think I, I was uh, I was speaking to our students uh, about a year and a half ago, we walked through James. And I remember getting, you know, to James 127 and and sharing with them. I mean, James makes it very, very clear. This is what God wants us to be about is, is taking care of widows and orphans. And and I remember having a couple of our students come up afterwards. They're like, okay, well, what does that mean for me as a middle school student, as a high school student? How do I actually do that? Because that sounds exciting, but where do I go from here? Um, and so I love you guys have a, a very strong student initiative. So Olivia, tell us about what you guys do around there, especially around the pause campaign and all that stuff. Yeah. So pause campaign really is all about answering that question. What can a student do to get involved in this work? And so pause campaign is a week long break or pause from social media where student groups engage in devotional material that we provide that educates them about the needs of children who've been orphaned and how they can get involved as students in making a real and lasting impact um, in these kids' lives. And so, um, yeah, I mean, cause I think, you know, as students, you know, you're not, if you're not able to adopt yet or you're not able to foster yet, not everybody is called to do that in any way. Um, but like you said, Steve, like it's clear in scripture that if we are followers of Christ, then we are called to get involved in some way. And we want to empower students um, to get involved now. And so the devotional that we provide is a seven day devotional and it teaches them a little bit about um, the work of Show of Hope, but it teaches them a lot about the need and why there are so many kids in the world living outside of parental care. Um, and then just kind of like teaching them how they can respond to that. And so that's, that's kind of the, the full week is kind of going through the devotional. Um, and then at the end, we don't really require any kind of specific follow-up or like specific point of action, but we equip and encourage groups to get further involved in whatever way they're feeling led to do so following the week of pause campaign. So we've had some groups um, fundraise and they've helped raise money to go toward adoption aid grants and help a, a family bring their child home through adoption, which is so cool to be able to have that direct impact. Um, we've had students, um, we've had, you know, we even had a student, um, one student donated their tax return from their job at Chick-fil-A. One student um, donated a paycheck from their dishwashing job. Um, toward show hope. And so, I mean, it's just so cool to see the small little acts of faithfulness 
that have a huge impact um, from students. Um, and then we've, yeah, we've had 65 groups complete pause campaigns from all over the country. Um, and actually now we're starting to see groups from across the globe doing it as well. We had a group this, this past fall who completed a group in Kenya. Um, and yeah, so, and then we have um, high school and college students completing pause campaigns and pause campaigns can be led by youth pastors or youth leaders um, or college ministry leaders, um, parents, teachers, but students themselves can also lead pause campaigns. Um, and we equip leaders with everything that they need to successfully walk their group through a campaign. So if a group signs up to um, participate in a pause campaign, you know, they come to us and they say, hey, um, we have a group of 25 students. We'd love to um, participate in pause campaign you know, over spring break. And so we'll send them a, a package that has a devotional for each student and some other resources and a small group or a small gift for the leader. And then we also have some kind of a resource portal on our website um, that has a very specific leader's guide that walks um, leaders kind of through exactly how to lead their student through pause campaign. Um, we have like kind of a leader's version of the devotional that has some bonus content and conversation ideas. And then um, we also um, give, yeah, we give leaders ideas on kind of how to follow up with that, whether that be through, yeah, like a, I mentioned earlier, a fundraiser, a prayer campaign, um, getting involved with their with your local department of children's services and seeing if there's any opportunities to volunteer or do like some kind of supply drive and you know if if uh, groups are interested in doing that we um are more than happy to kind of walk alongside them and and you know kind of help them um bridge those connections um and then we also resource them to, you know, if they're interested in learning more about adoption, if they're interested in learning more about, um, you know, different resources that we share even with our families that could be helpful if they're interested in going into careers, uh, working with kids um, who've experienced or who've been impacted by adoption and foster care. Um, but yeah, it's really just all about starting that conversation with students. And we try to make it as easy as possible for groups to get involved. Um, we cover all the costs of the materials and um, yeah, we try to cover everything with training as well as possible. And we're just, we just try to keep, um, you know, the line open and um, support groups as, as best as we can. And just, yeah, build relationships and um, kind of like Emily was saying, like going deeper and, um, kind of seeing them through this process and also encouraging them to continue this, this conversation. And you never know where, you never know where like a group, you know, what we love about pause campaign is really, it's a conversation starter art. We feel that our role is to reduce that knowledge barrier and bring awareness. And we, God is, I'm convinced um, it is the local church that will change the world is the change agent in the world and his people in the local church. And so 
local churches know their community's needs better than we possibly can, right? But if we can educate and give some material and then inspire and encourage communities, students toward what the needs might be in their community. Um, that's sort of the intent. But I love seeing like, we never know where the ripple effects are gonna go. We had a student a couple of years ago that did a pause campaign with a group of students. And then from that asked if they could potentially view the pre and post adoption support conference that we do, which is geared toward parents and caregivers, but we touch a lot on um, trauma's impact on children. And mm. uh, we were connected with the Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development at TCU and present trust-based relational intervention as a caregiving model, promoting attachment and connection. Um, and so the target audience is parents and caregivers, but the student was really interested in learning more. So we were able to provide access to the conference they streamed it and watched it. And um, now it will randomly a year later, a connection with a friend in that area who's at a church that have a bunch of families with children impacted by adoption and wondering if there's a trauma competent babysitter they could find in town. It's like, oh, actually, huh. I have a name of a student for you that has friends that all watched this trauma informed conference. And so you just never know where and now they're connected. That's so cool. And, helping meet real needs in their community, you know? Not only wow. did she the conference, but she like broadcasted it on her college campus. So she, you know, invited professors and members of the community and other students to come and watch too. So it's like, that really does um, have a huge impact. Um, and yeah, it's just been really cool to see. Students are so passionate and especially this generation, you know, really want to get involved in, meaningful work and want to feel like they're making a difference and so it's been cool like you know we're starting this conversation but to see where students take it yeah that's so awesome and i love that yeah your your barrier of entry is incredibly low i mean it's like just sign up um so yeah everyone that's listening right now just just go to their website and sign up um and because because it's really i mean it's a uh, it's it's not only free but also uh, the opportunity is not a huge investment right in terms of time and things like that we can really just possibly you know offer an opportunity out there and see what god does with that and and through that you can have more and more stories of of teenagers that are stepping out and and just leading in so many different ways and i think that's so cool um one of the the things that that i know myself but also all of our our people that are listening right now that work with students love just those stories um uh, we can just see God working in different ways. And like you said, sometimes it's what many people would consider the small things. Um, and other times they're doing these grand efforts. Um, but every one of those things are, are things that God's going to use for, for his greater glory. Um, so that's, that's so awesome. Absolutely. So uh, you do have, uh, we're going to give you guys a chance to kind of tell everybody where to go, how to find everything in just a bit, but uh, you do have an audience of youth workers out here that are, that are listening. You guys have shared so many great things about Show Hope already, um, but any, any tips that you'd like to share with our youth workers today um, that, uh, yeah, as, as you just think about youth ministry and, and some different ways that uh, they could possibly maybe improve their ministry or think about different things in a different way. Um, wow, uh, this is not my area of expertise, <laughs> but um, I will speak to uh, one thing my parents, I feel, did really, really well as ministers in their own right with, with me, a pesty little 
one at 11 going, we have to adopt, we have to adopt. They allowed my imagination to soar and belief in a big God to really take root, even though in their hearts, there was doubt or panic <laughs> and they, they weren't in hide that we had very honest conversation, but they always left room for, Hey, God might be speaking to you, to you something that we're missing and that we need to hear. And like, we all as a family are listening and, and want to respond to God. And so if he's, if he's given you something like put it on the table, cause we need it. Like we're, we're the body of Christ here, you know, in our own little kind of microcosm way as a family. And so that was just a, I just am really, really grateful for that. And now as a parent, I've got a nine, uh, almost seven and five-year-old try. How do you do that? You know, in a way that doesn't, it's, we're just programmed as adults. We grow up to be like, that's a crazy idea. That's never going to happen. You know, like you just lose your, you get dated a little bit. And so to recapture just that beauty of um, the bigness of childhood. Right. And, and I think our students and in among our midst, you know, um, middle school, high school, even, you know, college and that passion, like I'm going to change the world, like fan that flame always, because the world is coming for you. And there's a day, right. Where it's like, Oh, maybe I'm not going to change the world. Mm. And, um, fan that flame as long as you can in every way, you know, that belief in the bigness of God, I think is, is what I would say. That's not super technical or tactful probably, but, (laughs) um, it, it was, it was a, a grace extended to me and I'm very grateful for it. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think that as youth workers, I would agree. Like, I think that's part of our, our responsibility is not only to, you know, teach the Bible and help educate about who Jesus is and what he wants us to do and uh, kids to do in the world, but, but also to, yeah, to give them opportunities to empower them and encourage them to actually, you know, if we tell them over and over that God has big plans for them, we need to be giving them opportunities to explore that and, and dream about it and, and see where the Holy spirit works. That's, that's really good. Um, Olivia, any, any thoughts toward this? Yeah. I mean, just kind of going off of that, I think, um, you know, I think with the age of social media that we're in and it's just getting, you know, more and more present in our lives, like obviously pause campaign is, you know, taking a break from social media because it can really serve as a distraction. Um, and I think though, you know, students can get discouraged, um, especially students who are believers, because they see, I think sometimes, they see their peers and maybe feel intimidated, like, oh, well, I, I'm not doing those things, or I can't do that. Um, you know, I'm not doing what this person's doing. But, um, but yeah, just encouraging them that, like, God sees when we are investing in his kingdom, and he blesses that and it's it has eternal significance um and so yeah just even though like it might not be like showy or glamorous which you know in Matthew it talks about it doesn't it shouldn't even be that you know we should just be um humbly serving kind of in secret when possible even um yeah but just encouraging them even like these small steps um, to care for others do make a difference and they have eternal significance. Um, I think the other thing too, is that I do work with a lot of youth pastors. And one thing I've learned is that youth pastors do so much. 
Um, so, and I just, yeah, I really respect that. I mean, you're, you know, you're doing your job, but you're also just, you know, mentoring teenagers and, you know, that's just a, such a unique and challenging time of life. So if you feel overloaded and hearing about pause campaign is just one more thing that you have to consider, like have a, have one of your students lead it. Um, mm -hmm. kind of like Emily was saying, like empower them, um, to, to, to do this and to take charge. So if you have a student who's, you know, either interested in adoption or interested in orphan care in some capacity, or is just like, has amazing leadership qualities, like pass this on to them um, and help, you know, have them lead your youth group through it. Like we want to, we also want to help students develop leadership qualities and um, yeah, again, just helping them feel like they can, they can lead and they can make a difference. And Olivia is an amazing shepherd with our students. So Olivia is a great partner in that work and really walks walks our leaders, whether that be student or or youth minister or leader through through the material and just right alongside them. And even just fanning the flame of whatever God might be doing in their heart beyond um, we're beyond show hope. We're happy to give an entry point or provide whatever resources we can. But this is, you know, it's about the kingdom and it's about serving um, God's children wherever he's going to take, you know, take students. One thing I, I love about pause that I think can quickly, it, it's not that it gets overlooked, but we talk about fasting from social media or whatever, for those of some of our students that might not have social media yet, whatever media you're kind of consuming and is distracting you. The reality is so many children around the world that are living outside of parental care don't have the very thing we take for granted relationship. And that social media or our phones or whatever media we're consuming so often distracts us from the very thing that's right in front of us that we don't even realize we're taking for granted. And so it's it's a putting down of, of something, right? That's distracting us, but it's also a, a taking on a new practice of like, hey, have a conversation with your family at dinner tonight. Like that's mm -hmm. a gift. Actually, you know, that's actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's annoying. Like when we're in high school, like, I don't talk to her, but like, it's a gift. R recognize that just do it for a week, just a week. Like, you don't have to, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like trying to shift the paradigm a tiny bit. Um, and, and so I think that that's one thing that I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause I love that element of pause. It's kind of a subtle nuance, a little bit of yeah. like, it's more than just fasting from it's also fasting to something yeah. that so many children that you're interested and passionate about serving like don't have they mm. don't have this you know yeah yeah and that's cool that's just that's the idea i think behind fasting and so it's a it's a really practical way for us to to really show that and say yeah it is is not just from it's also for and uh and yeah it's only a week <laughs> so it's like, you know, you can do it. You can, you can really do it. This is not, you know, the rest of your life, not a whole year. It's just a week. So yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. And who knows? Yeah. Where it will go from that. But, uh, but the challenge is just a week. <laughs> So I'm sure that uh, people are going to want to know more about uh, the pause campaign show hope as a, as a whole, um, maybe want to talk to you guys a little more and ask you questions and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit more so where where should they go where do they contact you how, how does that all go down. Yep. Um, well we're on all the all the social things. Um, Olivia can probably say it much more fancy than me but all the social things were there uh, showhope.org. Um, is our website. Uh, Liv, will you give the uh, 
pause is it backslash pause campaign or pause what's their website showhope.org backslash pause um you can also just email me at pause at showhope.org um yeah but you can you can go to our website showhope.org um and easily find everything you know show hope and student related um as well so and yeah we're on instagram as the pause campaign um and i think too like if you know if any youth pastor um is interested in getting their church plugged in to our um conference that we do we have a lot of churches that host um our conference that kind of helps uh that helps caregivers and um who you know work with kids who've been impacted by foster care and adoption. I don't know if you want to speak any more to that, Emily. Yes. Yeah, so our Hope for the Journey conference is uh, it's a new conference we're launching it this spring. Um, for the last ten years, it's been called the Empower to Connect conference. In the last year or so, we've kind of intentionally been looking at it, recasting it, retooling it. Um, to really meet the needs of parents and caregivers that are just in the day in, day out, um, meeting the needs of children impacted by adoption and foster care. But we're really excited. We're adding a new teaching module this year, TBRI and the Gospel, um, which TBRI, Trust-Based Relational Intervention, is the um, caregiving model I mentioned earlier for children impacted by childhood trauma. Um, but we're really excited and hopeful that this conference will be a tool for the church, the local church, to just be a beacon of hope in their community. Like, hey, there's this resource. Um, so that's coming up. You can find out more, showhope.org slash hope for the journey. Um, but uh, we're just thrilled to have been able to share more about our work. And um, yeah, you can also contact us at showhope.org. Um, e that email is a great email and um, we'll get your inquiry to the right person. If it's you want to know more about adoption A grants, you and your spouse are in the adoption process and, and we would love for you to apply. We have money to grant, so please apply. We would love for you to um, and support uh, ministers in, in, in the um, field in the adoption process or what have you, medical care grants. So contact us at showhope.org is also a great email because we'll get, we'll get you to the right place. Cool. Cool. Well, I know I'll, I'll be getting it. I'm going to be uh, continuing to be in contact with you guys too, because uh, yeah, I, I'd love to do this with our students and, and our churches actually has been over the last couple of years um, trying to do a little more with adoption and also foster care families and things like that. So that sounds like an awesome resource for us too. So we're going to, I'll, we'll definitely be in, in touch after this podcast too. <laughs> please sure. please do. It. We would love it. We would yeah. love it. And um, our, uh, the conference, we're excited. We're incorporating, uh, some new practical perspective videos. We've got some adult adoptees and foster youth alum that um, have been really gracious to share their stories with us and foster and adoptive families. So it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun conference, a fun event, a hopeful, great resource. So uh, I'm glad to hear that our friendship is not just bound by this podcast, but we'll go, we'll, we'll go beyond the, the podcast waves. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, Emily and Olivia, thank you guys so much for uh, for being on today and for sharing your heart, your story, um, and also this amazing ministry that, uh, that, yeah, those of us that are youth workers can come alongside and and hopefully, you know, show this and share this with our students and and just uh, pray around it and see what see what God does and and their hearts and who knows where where God's going to take us. So thank you so much for being on today and may God bless your ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve.
And thank you so much for being here for episode 67 of the Student Ministry Podcast. If you have not done so yet, be sure to head over to showhope.org and check out the pause campaign for your student ministry. All the links to find Show Hope and uh, all the different ways that you can connect with them, with Emily and with Olivia are all going to be in the show notes here for the podcast. So make sure you check that out and uh, and please do connect with them. Again, we've said it before, it's free. It's absolutely free for you to check out all the, the, the resources around the pause campaign. And you never know what God is going to do in the life of at least one of your teenagers and and how that could radically transform their life, their family, uh, someone else's life as well. And uh, who knows what God's going to do through that. So check out their free resources and be sure to connect with uh, Emily and Olivia and uh, ask more questions and figure out how that you can partner with Show Hope through the pause campaign or through the many other ways that your church and your student ministry can partner with them. We also want to thank one more time the sponsors for this episode of the student ministry podcast g shades is awesome uh, mike haynes is, is behind it i've had mike a couple times on the podcast check out those episodes and be sure to check out gshades.org that's g-s-h-a-d-e-s.org and also use that promo code united at checkout to receive an extra $5 off your order. And also check out MenHub for all your ministry uh, syncing needs, menhubsync.com slash SMP. That's M-I-N-H-U-B-S-Y-N-C.com slash SMP for student ministry podcast. Not only are you going to get an amazing tool for your student ministry, but you're also going to be helping out the student ministry podcast by heading to that website. So thank you so much to G Shades and MinHub for sponsoring this episode of the student ministry podcast. We're going to be back next month with an amazing conversation. Uh, we've already recorded it. I'm already excited about it for, for you to hear it. I, I loved having this conversation. It's going to be a great one. Uh, but until that time, please continue to to subscribe, share this with others, and may God bless your ministry. 